Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan Myler with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. It is, well, it was at least week 16 in the NFL. We are heading into championship week in all of our dynasty leagues. Of course, we, we all win all the time, right, guys? Uh, we were just talking about how uh, how week sixteen treated us, but we might as well let the listeners in. Matt, how's uh, how's week sixteen for you? It was uh, not as bad as as expected, honestly. With all the COVID stuff this week and last week, it's kind of thrown a bunch of leagues into turmoil, and I've benefited from that in some leagues, and definitely been affected negatively by it in other leagues. But uh, I think I'm going to make five, maybe six finals, uh, depending on how things break tonight. We are recording on Monday before the Saints and Dolphins kick off. So depending on what happens tonight with Kamar and a few other players, uh, it could be could be a couple more. Yeah, very similar for me. I, I had a pretty good week all in all. Got lucky in a couple of spots, it feels like. Uh, played a team that really got, got banged up yeah. uh, either through injuries or through COVID. Uh, and also that... You know, not not having Tyreek Hill on many teams that benefited me in a few places as well as he might as well have stayed home for the game on Sunday. Ryan, how about you, bud? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Uh, You're a guy who does have Tyreek. I, I, I was gonna say I do have Tyreek. Uh, that was that was no fun. Kind of kind of felt like we should have seen that one coming with the uh, the last minute. Um, activation of him or clearing protocols that that he wouldn't necessarily have a huge game but uh yeah overall not too bad uh not quite as good as matt as matt but uh i think maybe four finals for me coming up this this next week so yeah hopefully got got something to play for podcast titles in our future you know you saying that about tyreek ryan makes me think i'm sure there's somebody out there that Mm -hmm. has done it i could probably do a do a look look see on Twitter and find it but these guys that do come off of covid immediately play i can think of 3 or 4 or 5 here just in recent weeks that have kind of put up duds for fantasy players coming directly off of covid or coming off of it quickly i wonder if there's a trend there i think it's definitely worth looking at although i don't know maybe it maybe it's too late to do that with with just a week or two left in the season and uh, you know, let's cross our fingers, knock on wood, that we're not having these same conversations uh, in the 2022 season. But uh, I know Rich Rebar was was mentioning that on Twitter. I don't think that he had necessarily done the study, but uh, was was bringing it up and mentioned that Nick Chubb had a huge game coming uh, coming off COVID, uh, but most of the others that he had thought of off the top of his head were were not very good. Yeah, not very good at all. And we'll have some guys, including Delvin Cook and others, coming coming off of the list, hopefully this coming week, leading into championship week. It's not like you're going to sit any of those guys. Nobody would have sat Tyreek if, if that study had been done and showed that only 10% or 20% of players have, have fantasy relevant or, or top top 20 games at their position. Let's get through these games, though, these Week 16 games. Hopefully all of our listeners are listening in, setting lineups for their championship week. If not, we are going to start ramping things up as the offseason begins, starting as uh, soon as the next couple weeks, starting to talk about this coming rookie class and what to expect in free agency, all those things. But we should put a bow on the 20. 21 fantasy football season we do that every week by going over every game and talking about the most important thing 
all of our dynasty reactions. We'll start on Thursday night with the Titans and 49ers. Tennessee won that one 20-17. A.J. Brown, a guy that kind of came out of nowhere, uh, all of a sudden activated right before the game. It has the big game, 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown on 16 targets, guys. Meanwhile, Julio Jones, just one catch for seven yards, Matt. He's got soft tissue issues that will not go away, and uh, the expectations have to be low moving forward if, if he continues his career in the NFL. Yeah, and for Dynasty, I just wonder at this point, is he is he a roster clogger? I mean, you, you want to start him every time you see he's healthy because he's Julio Jones, right? He's got that name value. No, we know what he can do, but it hasn't been there this season. Um, I think Ryan tweeted earlier today something like he has nine, one game of nine points or more all season long. Um, so I just looked at looked at his numbers a little bit, uh, and back in August he was wide receiver thirty two in, in about the sixth round, and in December ADP he's wide receiver fifty nine in the thirteenth round. The only recent trade for him was for Will Fuller straight up. Uh, so that tells you kind of where his value is. I think I mean, I'm going to pose this question to you guys because I don't really have a good answer for it. But are you taking any third round pick for Julio at this point? Is is that is that too low? Is is that not even going to get accepted? I honestly don't know what to do with with Julio. He, you can't cut him, but I don't feel like you can trade him either. Personally, I would not take a third round pick for him. I'd I'd hope for a couple of nice games early in 2022. But <laughs> that that lends towards roster clogger status, though, right, Ryan? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've talked about roster cloggers all season. These are players that you can't start. Julio is certainly in that category. I mean, Matt, you said you want to start him because of that name value. I haven't wanted to start him. You know, I've got him on a couple teams, <laughs> and he's he, he really is in that roster clogger range because he's a player I don't even consider starting. I just skip right over that name, even in weeks like we've had the past couple where it's you know, you've, you're missing so, several players with COVID. You've got injuries piling up. And still, I haven't even considered him. So um, the trade, I, I don't know. I haven't checked the, the trade finder. You mentioned an example there, Matt. I guess I, I was kind of hoping you could still get a second rounder for him. Maybe that's that's probably a little bit lofty. 32 years old. You talked about him being wide receiver 59. Uh, just for some perspective, Tim Patrick is just ahead of him. Brian Edwards, uh, Jacoby Myers, those are players being drafted ahead of uh, ahead of Julio Jones. He signed for two more years with with the yeah. Titans. Uh, they've they've got a, an option to get out of that contract after this year, and you have to think they they probably consider that strongly. Yeah, they're probably pulling the trigger on that one. They gave up a second round pick in the NFL draft to get Julio Jones and all that production here, which at the time seemed like a great idea. I think I, I don't like know if okay you guys idea. were. I was, I was pretty. I was pretty excited about him to go and play with AJ Brown. Uh, did never thought he was going to be the same guy back in Atlanta, but you know. Uh, I was I, I was optimistic. I thought it made a lot of sense as well. Of course, they lose Corey Davis, they lose Johnny Smith. They need that that second pass catcher. Um, it, it just hasn't worked out, and and I I don't think it's you know anything that went wrong with Tennessee. I think it's just age and and injury catching up to Julio. Yeah, Julio's really struggled. Meanwhile, you know we. A.J. Green on the other side of things, another veteran receiver. In fact, the same rookie class, I, it feels like to me. Maybe I'm wrong on that. 47 catches for 751 yards and three touchdowns for A.J. Green. That's probably closer to the line that we expected for A.J. Brown. Uh, it just, just, or excuse me, for Julio Jones. It just hasn't hasn't happened. His, his legs just haven't, haven't held up for him to, to do anything close to that. And imagine what we thought about the two last year. We were like, AJ Green is dead and Julio is you know, right. still okay. Well, the crazy like, thing is, flips. yeah, sorry, sorry, Matt. The crazy thing is, yeah. looking at that ADP, AJ Green's wide receiver 89. I mean, he's, yeah. he's 30 <laughs> spots below Julio. He is one year older, but I mean, you look at those two, uh, you know, on their own without all these other names thrown in, and it's hard, it's hard to imagine you would choose Julio Jones there. I think everybody would want AJ Green um, between the two of them, and and we're talking about a huge gap in in ADP right now. 
I say we had that conversation earlier too about eight, about you know I think is at one point uh, in our podcasting uh, over the last couple of weeks or so we talked about how he and AJ and uh, Antonio Brown were were close to the same ADP and obviously you'd way rather have a, uh, Antonio Brown despite all of the off the off the field stuff but you know he came back and and produced just like we thought he would obviously without without Evans and Godwin but you know he still is a fantasy asset and I don't think Julio is. Yeah, that was that was one of the things through the preseason that I kind of came to realize and a point that I made on here a couple of times that the ADP or the value gap between Julio and Antonio Brown just, it was just was just crazy at that point and and really should be non-existent. They should be valued the same. Uh, talking about going back to the preseason and uh, you know that's that's certainly proved true even with the the issues Brown has had this year. Julio's ADP, of course, plummeting over the last couple of months. It's going to continue to do that throughout the offseason. I would expect there's some truthers out there that that continue to pick him as a wide receiver three or or a wide receiver four uh, come close to the 2022 kickoff. The rest of this game, Deonta Foreman luckily fell into the end zone. Uh, Jeff Wilson scored a touchdown as well. George Kittle was disappointing. Just two catches for 21 yards. Clearly, that uh, the, the the San Francisco coaching staff was was game planning Debo Samuel nine catches 159 yards he's a receiver again on 11 targets also five for 32 nearly scored a couple of times it was close uh, now Jimmy Garoppolo apparently has the thumb injury he's 322 a touchdown two picks maybe we get to see Trey Lance for the last couple of weeks of the season. Wouldn't it be something if he won people fantasy titles? Let's fire him up in the finals, yeah. Let's do it. I'm ready. (laughs) I want to see it happen. Let's jump over to the Saturday games. The Packers narrowly held on against the Browns, 24-22. Aaron Rodgers was excellent in the first half, 202, and three touchdowns, two of them to Devontae, another to Alan Lazard. Devontae caught 10 for 114 in this game, Matt, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers, there's all the stuff out there. People still believe he's not going to be back in Green Bay next year. That's affecting his dynasty value, but he's putting up MVP type numbers. And once again, it feels like if you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a chance to win your fantasy championship, whether it's yearly or or dynasty. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like we should be treating Rodgers uh, – well, we should – excuse me. We should use Tom Brady as an example with Rodgers because I, yeah. I really do feel like he's on a similar career path. Like he's going to play till at least 40, maybe beyond that, and I don't know if he'll make it to 45. But, uh, you know, back back when, when Brady was 37, 38, we were – get him off your roster. You know, he's going to retire any time now and it just hasn't happened. Uh, and he's relatively cheap now, even in super flex formats. Uh, in August, his, his ADP was quarterback 12 in the second round. It's fallen a little bit here uh, in November. We don't have December uh, super flex ADP just quite yet. We're wrapping up those drafts now, uh, but he's quarter for, quarterback 14. Uh, and then only a few recent relative and trades uh, of Rogers and a fourth for Deshaun Watson. I mean, if you want to gamble on Watson, I suppose, uh, returning to who, who Watson was before all of this, then I, I feel like that might be the Watson side, but I'm probably going to take Rodgers if I'm anywhere near competing. Uh, Rodgers and Cup for Kyler and Cooper. It feels pretty even. I'm not sure how you guys would feel about that, but this last one, Rodgers for a single 2022 first. Like, that is, to me, that is, that you should be getting at least double that for Rodgers right now if you're considering moving him away. So if you can get him for a first, a first and a second in a super flex format, that feels like something you should be looking to do this offseason, whether he's in Green Bay or not. What's so weird about quarterback play this year, and this even pertains to single quarterback leagues, it feels like there are very few blow-up games this season. And, and some of the guys that we depend on week in and week out are putting up disappointments regularly. The Mahomes is the the Allens, the Kylers, all those guys have had dud games throughout the year. And then you look at Aaron Rodgers and it's consistently throwing multiple touchdowns. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way. Although he doesn't do anything for you on the ground, it feels like he has such a floor that he's once again, a fantasy elite quarterback. And in even one quarterback leagues, that's quite valuable. You're going to see Rodgers on a lot of championship teams. On the other side of things, Ryan, you're not going to see Baker Mayfield on very many title contenders. He has stunk 
throughout the entire season. I know he's been battling injuries. Uh, COVID was a problem for him as well. This week, it was throwing it to the other team. He threw four picks, 222 yards, and two touchdowns. But he, he really has taken a step backwards in a year that some dynasty managers were hoping he'd st- take a step forward. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be so frustrating um, for for the Browns. They've got one of the best running backs in the in the league. They've really focused on that offensive line, on on building their defense. They uh, the past couple of years they have at times looked like a contender, but when they need Baker to make the play, to make the throw, when they're down two with a minute left, he he just can't do it. He can't get it done, and uh, it's not just the Saturday night game in, in a tough spot against the Packers. It's, it's over and over again. And it shows up obviously in, in fantasy production as well. He has, uh, he has one game inside the top 10 fantasy scores this season. That's it. Um, has not scored more than 20 fantasy points. I'm sorry. He's only scored more than 20 fantasy points one time as well. Uh, he's just not a fantasy option. And you think about the rest of that team, in in most cases, I think Chubb is going to produce regardless. As of now, you, you think about the wide receivers, uh, a couple, couple interesting tight ends there, but really, does does it even matter fantasy-wise if, if he is bad? I, I don't, you know, it's not like hurting Jarvis Landry really matters at this point. Like it's, it's just a situation to pretty much ignore outside of Nick Chubb. And and Kareem Hunt as well. Um, you know, injury has kind of made us forget about him for for the past few weeks. But um, outside of those two, this team just doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter for fantasy, that's for sure. Nick Chubb certainly does. 17 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches for 58. He should have caught 10 passes in that game. Yeah. They should have continued to hand him the ball at the end of the game. They had a field goal. Pretty much in the bag. He was getting something like eight yards. The team ran for 8.8 yards per carry. And then suddenly they decided, hey, let's uh, let's throw the ball with Baker Mayfield, who has three picks already. I guess they had a rookie kicker in his first ever start. Maybe they're concerned about that. But, man, there was some bad decision-making by Cleveland in that towards the end of that game. In the nightcap on Saturday, the Colts held off the Cardinals 22-16. to Man, the Cardinals are struggling as of late. Carson Wentz, 225-2. Michael Pittman, 8 catches, 82 yards on 12 targets. And Jonathan Taylor, once again, goes over 100. Doesn't find Pater, though. 27 carries, 108 yards. Busted off that 43-yarder early in the game. And, and it just, he never got the opportunity, clearly, the Cardinals were keying in on him um, throughout that game, trying to stop him. On the other side of things, Kyler was fine, 245 and a touchdown. Luckily, he runs for 74. Uh, he's so fast, guys. Man, I don't know why he doesn't tuck it a few more times per game. He would he would create that rushing floor every single week, but he's constantly looking downfield. That might be coaching. That might be Kyler. But if he did it, we'd, we'd get a lot more fantasy production out of Kyler. Uh, if he did a little more often. Chase Edmonds, he had the backfield to himself, Ryan, and took advantage. 15 carries, 60, or excuse me, 56 yards and a touchdown, but caught eight of nine targets for 71 yards and was a running back one in his real return to fantasy relevance. Of course, James Conner out uh, in this game and uh, the comments from, from, Cliff Kingsbury made it sound like he wasn't all that close to returning. So we'll see what happens in, uh, in week 17, but it could be, uh, could be Edmonds again in that backfield to himself. We'll see. Uh, really impressive. Obviously Deandre Hopkins out in this one, but Rondell Moore out as well. Uh, and, I mean, you can tell just really just from looking at the box score, they clearly kept everything short with, with Edmonds getting nine targets, Ertz getting 13 uh, both Edmonds and James Conner are are entering free agency. Uh, so that's going to be a story to watch, not only from the Cardinals' perspective, but for both of those players. Uh, I think by the by the time we get to the end of the season, we can look at both of those guys and, and say that they've gained some dynasty value this season. It really feels that way. I've always kind of had the hunch that they'd want Conner back because they prefer him, or at least when both were healthy, it felt like they preferred him. Um, there is a little bit of 
of lightning and thunder between the two of them that that having both of them available is probably good for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if that's necessarily great for dynasty and fantasy managers, though. We'll see how it plays out as free agency approaches in the offseason. You mentioned Zach Ertz, 8 for 54. Christian Kirk, 7 for 48. They were both peppered with targets. A.J. Green, just three targets, 1 for 33, catching the football. Um, You mentioned Rondale Moore there. And, Matt, I'd love to get your thoughts here on Moore because he was inactive. and, And it feels like he's not necessary to that offense. Clearly, DeAndre Hopkins is a lot more necessary. Um, There are times when he completely disappears. Now, this game, we can't say that because he wasn't on the field, but I'm wondering how you feel about Moore and his dynasty value moving forward. Yeah, he's been, you know, disappointing. I would say that. He had that one one nice game earlier in the season where he did catch a, a downfield pass, but other than that, all around the line of scrimmage, and that's what we expected, to be honest. So that part isn't really necessarily bad news. It's just in in, in his consistent usage, which hasn't been there yet. So uh, that's something we need to look forward to next year and, and see if that does increase. And I, I think he can play more down the field if they want him to. He's he's shown that in, in limited opportunities. Um, but it's interesting that despite the kind of the feeling about him, his, his value has actually increased uh, amongst the community. In August, he was wide receiver 41 in the early eighth round. In December, he's wide receiver 35th in the early seventh round. Uh, and for trades, uh, it's kind of hard to kind of nail down his value with trades because he's, I wouldn't say he's a throw in piece, but he's, he's been part of bigger trades in recent history. So we have things like Rondale Moore and Kenny Galladay for James Conner and Daryl Henderson. You know, do you want the wide receivers or the running backs? That's probably what happened in that trade. I think that's probably pretty fair. I'll probably take, I'll probably just take more there uh, myself. Uh, then we have Rondale Moore in a first for a second and DK. Probably go ahead and take DK there, I, I would guess, uh, in most cases. Uh, and then we have Rondale Moore and Ramondre Stevenson for your boy Calvin Ridley and Amari Rogers. So uh, I don't know how you guys feel about any of those deals. Uh, it, they all feel sort of even except for maybe the DK one to me. So I wouldn't say he's necessarily a buy, especially if his, his value has increased like it points to an ADP, but as we always say, ADP does not always equal trade value. So uh, he's kind of in limbo. Like I'm, I, I would be happy to buy, I think, in Superflex Leagues for like a second round pick and if we're just talking about rookie pick value, but I don't think that necessarily gets him. So he's probably going to be a hold, I think, for most teams. It really feels like there, there's going to be so many um, Rondale Moore truthers in, in every league, there's going to be multiple that his value is going to hold on. So I, I don't think it's 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 really a you must sell or you must have an opinion one way or the other. It feels more to me like if you want to, you can. It's just it's just we all have the fear that we're going to miss out on, on that, you know, elite playmaker that that we all think he might be. I'm, I'm not sure which side. I, I fall on the fence. I'm I'm concerned though. I don't love the way he's used at the NFL level. Let's jump over to the Sunday games, guys. We'll start with the Falcons and the Lions. Atlanta takes this one 20 to 16. And Matt, it was Kyle Pitts, six catches, 102 yards, no touchdown. Once again, had a couple big plays, six targets, caught all of them. Man, if that guy had a couple of touchdowns, he'd be in the top three among tight ends in scoring this league. But instead, he's only caught one on the season. Yeah, and it's that part is 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 mind numbing. We can go back and think about Julio Jones there and how it was weird how he wasn't catching touchdowns. I mean, I don't know if it may hopefully somebody does a study on it and and figures out is it Matt Ryan is it the various coaching stats? I don't know what it is, but these number one targets in Atlanta just seem to not be catching a lot of touchdowns. But what I will tell you about Kyle Pitts is that he has 949 yards now. Uh, that's the most in the Super Bowl era by a rookie. He needs 127 yards in two games to break Ditka's record of a 1,076, which was in 1961. Uh, Shockey was the, the closest we have to him. Jeremy Shockey had 894 yards in 15 games, uh, but he had 127 targets in that rookie season. DePitz is only 101 so far. Uh, and Shockey actually only had two touchdowns as well. So uh, that worked out. I think Pitts is going to work out. I think that 
other than the touchdowns, which is clearly disappointing. Uh, he's lived up to my expectations. I don't know what else more you can ask for from a rookie tight end other than to, 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 to set the rookie record in the Super Bowl era for yardage. Touchdowns would be nice, but uh, I, I, I don't think I'm reducing him his, his value any of the season based on what he's done. You know, there's obviously games in there where he did absolutely nothing for you from a fantasy perspective, but I think that's most tight ends in general. Uh, so... I think I, I think we keep him at tight end one and 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 hope for more touchdowns in the future. I don't really know what else to th- what else to say about him. I mean, he's done everything. I know I still think there's a negative sentiment about him out there in the community in general. Uh, but I don't know what else you could ask for him except for touchdowns. If you look at tight end scoring, he's going to be either tight end five or tight end six in total scoring. But in point per game scoring, you know some of these guys like Gronk, who's missed time, Waller's missed time. Those guys jump ahead of him, even Hawkinson and, and Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox. He's down there at 9 or 10, depending on your, your scoring system. Still, like Matt said, that's not all that disappointing. I know the redraft community is a little bit disappointed. They were hoping for that big blow-up. They were spending high draft capital, just like we are, uh, over on the Dynasty side. It's still, the, the light is extremely bright at the end of this tunnel, he's, he's going to blow up down the road. We just have to be patient and wait for it. It's nice to see him put up another hundred yard game. Someone in my, my timeline, I'm sorry, I forget who it was mentioned that, uh, Catching touchdowns in, in the in the red zone was one of his strengths in college, which it absolutely was. So you would hope the team would figure that out and use him more in that area of the field. You would expect them to, actually. Uh, on the other side of things, Ryan, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Another big game. We were all concerned. No Jared Goff. Can Tim Boyle actually get him the ball? Well, he did. Nine catches. 91 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. The guy seems to be just on on a heater to end his rookie season. Yeah, it really, it really is kind of wild. I, I would like to go back and watch some of these games because um, we've talked about him basically every week now for the past month because uh, he just went from one of those guys in that Lions wide receiver rotation to becoming the dominant option at the drop of a hat a month ago. I, I don't know how it's happened. Right now, he is the wide receiver six on the week. As we mentioned, we've got one game left uh, on the on the slate. He's the wide receiver six. He's I don't know. Maybe this is a, a ceiling thing for him. Three of the past four games, he's been the wide receiver six. Uh, <laughs> throw in a, a wide receiver 26 game in there. And over the past month, he's one of the top scoring receivers in the league. Uh, yeah, just same thing. Not much more to say about him. He's he's locked in as a a starter for that team next year. You would hope they upgrade the offense, uh, including the quarterback. Uh, but this is this is going to be a guy that's going to be a value gainer all off season. I think. He he really hasn't been impressive, and you know I I, I kick myself because I feel like I missed on this. I I think a lot of us in the dynasty community did. Because the the landing spot isn't ideal, despite having a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. coming his way as a rookie. Uh, The quarterback, the coaching staff, the lack of weapons on the team, those were all seen as negatives. But overall, as the season progressed, despite his lower draft capital, I think he was a fourth-round NFL draft pick, he's, he's slowly worked his way into this regular role. And now, with the injuries to TJ Hawkinson and, and, and Swift... He's the primary playmaker on the team, and he's taking advantage of these opportunities. We can't ignore it. He's got to be seen as a high-end wide receiver three going into next season. Yeah, I agree. And, and maybe as far as why didn't this happen all, all season long, maybe it's just a, a case of you know taking, taking some time to get used to and, and to acclimate to uh, the NFL, which would be obviously understandable. Uh, you mentioned the Swift injury. That kind of lines up to when we started seeing some big performances from St. Brown as well. So that uh, you would think that plays a part in it. Uh, regardless, he's been uh, he's been very impressive. Over the last four weeks, he's caught 35 passes for 340 yards and three touchdowns. That over an entire season. I know I know this is a small sample size, but that translates to 148 catches. 
for 1,445 <laughs> yards and 13 touchdowns. So he's Michael Thomas. Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't believe it. Those, those numbers are staggering. It's, it's incredible that it's Amon Ra St. Brown out of that rookie class that are, that's putting up those numbers towards the end of the, of his rookie season. And he's been the only receiver they've really had. I mean, I, I like Clintez Cephas fine, but like otherwise he's really been the only receiver they've had on the team. So it just, feels weird that they haven't been giving him this much volume you know from the beginning they need to get uh another receiver in detroit and and i honestly think (laughs) it's like three more receivers it would help him out one of those one of those guys that can take the top off the defense taller guy uh high in the draft a guy that can create more opportunities even for amon ross st brown they have the tight end they have the running back uh, they they need to keep building. I I like what's happening there in Detroit. They're they're building from the ground up though. Let's jump over to the Buccaneers and the Panthers. Bucks take this one 32 to six. Antonio Brown in his return. Ryan he was he was awesome. Ten for 101 on 15 targets. And honestly he could have caught ten more if they needed him to. He was open all game. Yeah, and and this one was I I think kind of easy to see coming as well. Obviously, Evans and and Godwin out with injury. Um, Godwin is on the IR. He's done for the year. Uh, we got the report after this game uh, that Mike Evans was placed on COVID, so his status, both due to injury and and uh, COVID, is uncertain for next week. We could see it again, just like we thought the after the first week or two of the season. Antonio Brown's going to be a league winner. I watched this game pretty closely, and the takeaway for me, two of them really, was from a Tampa Bay perspective, they didn't really need Robin Gronkowski. I'm mm-hmm. not that worried about the one for 23, only two targets, almost caught a touchdown on that second target. He was he did a lot of blocking. He didn't play a lot in the second half. The second one, Leonard Fournette is way better than Ronald Jones. All the Ronald <laughs> Jones truthers, you you can forget it. 20 carries for 65 and a touchdown, that's fine. Uh, really, when it comes down to it, Jones looked looked like he had the burst, can play on the outside, doesn't catch the ball well, and really, he made Fournette look really, really good with the way he played on Sunday. I, I was impressed, not well, not with Jones, but with Leonard Fournette. It, it all came back to him. Keyshawn Vaughn had the long touchdown run, of course, but but Jones just looked like a a guy, and Fournette looks like w- one of the best players on the field when he's playing. He even made Keyshawn Vaughn look good, which is, you know, saying a lot like you, you got to there. <laughs> DJ Moore, just five for 55. We, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, could we see 20 carries from Keyshawn Vaughn in this situation? Like, why do we need to keep going back to Ronald Jones? You know, I heard uh, I heard Michael Leone on, uh, on one of his podcasts uh, following the games yesterday. He was talking about the, the Chargers and the Justin Jackson game. And he made the point, which I thought was a, a really good one, that – you know, a typical backfield, we might see two running backs. You'll see the starter and you'll see somebody else working in. But when that starter is out, teams often aren't going to trust the third guy, whoever that third guy might be. So instead, the backup, in this case, Justin Jackson, ends up getting a bigger workload than we might even normally see from the starter. Uh, so basically, Jackson played his role plus Eckler's. And and this is the complete opposite situation because the Buccaneers clearly don't trust uh, Ronald Jones or, or he doesn't produce as much as his opportunity might uh, we might expect based on his opportunity. So they had to give Keyshawn Vaughn some work as well. And, and you're right, Dan, it, 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 the end result is Fournette's, Fournette's really good and he's way better than anything else they have. Fournette is scheduled to be a free agent after the season. I wonder if he made himself a pile of money and if it's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Baltimore Ravens got got handled by the the Cincinnati Joe Burrows, uh, 41-21. <laughs> Burrow, 525 yards and four touchdowns, and they did not stop passing. I love it. He, he, took, it, <laughs> he took it to heart. That uh, Wink Martindale says, uh, you know, Joe, maybe he's not, we shouldn't fit him for a gold jacket, all that stuff. He was throwing in the fourth up three touchdowns, and I loved every second of it. T. Higgins was his main target in the game. 12 catches, 194 yards, and two touchdowns on 13 targets. But that didn't take away from Jamar Chase. No way. Seven catches, 125. Uh, didn't find Pater, but 10 targets for Jamar. 
These guys are all, Joe, Bur Joe Mixon included, Tyler Boyd even, three for 85 and a touchdown. They're all signed for the next couple of years. This offense is going to be awesome for years to come, guys. Ryan, I, I don't know how you're going to slow down the Cincinnati Bengals because these guys are all on the trajectory of going up. We were, we were talking about Joe Burrow. Oh, his knee, he's got to get over that. It's going to take till at least late in the season. Well, he's apparently over it because he, he, sh he sh really should have thrown a fifth touchdown in this game. He had it. It got taken away. Uh, he was awesome on Sunday. Yeah, we talk every year about those, those offenses that you want pieces of, that you want to chase. Uh, you know, no pun intended here, but this is going to be one of them, as you said, really for years to come. Um, it, it's been the Chiefs and it will continue to be the Chiefs. It'll be uh, some of the same teams that that we continue to look at. But the Bengals are in that in that category now. And um, I mean, this was a ceiling game, obviously. Burrow had the what the fourth most passing yards of all time. So we can't look at this game and expect this every single week. But it does show you what they're capable of. And, and even if we're getting 75% of this in, in typical weeks, uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. And, yeah, you, you want pieces of this team. You want a lot of pieces. In fact, Joe Mixon, he was 18 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown, but caught six for 70 and another score. And uh, they get the Chiefs in what might be a shootout next week in championship week. So mm. fire up all your Bengals as if you'd ever sit them down. For the Baltimore Ravens, Josh Johnson was not the reason that these guys lost the game. 300 yards, two touchdowns, did throw a pick. He got the ball to his playmakers for the most part, though. Uh, Mark Andrews, Matt, another eight-catch game, 125 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. No matter who's under center for the Ravens. They just look to the big guy in the middle of the field. Yeah, leading the league in uh, re uh, receptions, uh, receiving yards, uh, and touchdowns, I believe, at the tight end position, uh, tied with uh, Hunter Henry and, and Dawson Knox, I think. And, and in fantasy points, the most important thing, Frank, for us, right? So it kind of made me reevaluate, re as I do frequently. I'm sure you guys do, too, reevaluate your tiers. Um, uh it feels like it's Pitts, Andrew, Pitts, Andrews, Kittle, and you know Kelsey. If you want to keep including in here, you probably have to. But he's going to fall off at some point. You would think he's he's quite a bit older than these these other guys. So we have a top tier of four. And if there is an argument against Pitts, it's that you can get uh, you can get Andrews two two rounds later. Basically, uh, looking at December ADP, he's actually behind Waller in December ADP. I feel like if we did that now, that probably wouldn't be the case. If you look at his last three games, uh, you know we talked about how how, uh, how hot Kittle was coming into this week. Well, Andrews the last three weeks, eleven point three targets, nine point seven receptions, and averaging one point three touchdowns over those last three games. So if there's a a league winner at uh, at tight end, it might just be be Mark Andrews here. And like you said, it doesn't matter if it's the first, second, or third string quarterback at this point. He's doing it with all of them. Nothing's going to slow Mark Andrews down at this point for the rest of the season. I would say that there's a chance that this is a career year for Mark Andrews, oh. though. Yeah. Um, you know, still Hollywood Brown's there. Rashad Bateman's doing nothing but getting better. There are other weapons in Baltimore. And when Lamar's under center, things, things tend to change a little bit. Uh, although he looks to Andrews early and often as well. I did hear some talk um, over the past few days that uh, with with Tyler Huntley playing well, with Josh Johnson stepping in basically off the street and, and at least putting up numbers, and, and I, I don't want to say keeping the team in it, but he, he gave a good effort at least, uh, that that hurts Lamar's value more more speaking to his NFL value, not necessarily fantasy or dynasty, but I don't really think there's anything to that. Do you, do you guys I think, I think it just so helps either. Tyler Huntley's. It, it really feels like yeah. it, it just helps Huntley's, yeah, you know, fair. to me. Uh, we're not going to take anything away from a MVP that's young and, and is putting up big numbers when he's on the field. Let's, let's get Lamar back on the field, have him do one of his games where he's slinging it all over and running for 80 yards and a touchdown. And, and then, then, We'll revisit it, what his, what his value is long-term. Uh, the Texans shocked the Chargers, guys. Ugh, and it was the Rex Burkhead show. 22 carries for 149 yards and two touchdowns. If you had the guts to start him, they took the lead early, and they just didn't give it up. The Chargers looked awful. Oh, my gosh. 
I, you know, I don't know if there's a long-term takeaway. The Chargers looked flat. They didn't have their two best players on defense due to COVID and due to injury. Uh, not having Bosa, not having Derwin James, that's huge. And the Texans have NFL-caliber players. They took advantage. Davis Mills threw a couple of touchdowns. Burkhead was great, as I mentioned. Um, I, I don't know, Matt. Are there any real takeaways for the Texans at this point? The only takeaway I have, and and I don't know, it, it might be a stretch. I don't know. Like, does Davis Mills have a chance to be the starter in twenty twenty two? Really te- good Texans chance, with I three. Think. A I way think better so chance too. Like, than Taylor Heineke does in Washington. I totally agree. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, like, but like you said, like at least uh, he's going to be a comp- competing for it. Like the with the rookie class, the way it is, uh, and you know, if they win a, a, another game or two here, then they might not be in a position to, to take one anyway. So I wanted to look at his value a little bit back in November. Obviously he was kind of a joke uh, in dynasty circles and super flex leagues. He was the quarterback 37. Uh, uh, excuse me. That's in November. And uh, in, in August, he was, wasn't even really being drafted. If I recall correctly. Um, so uh, there are some trades with him recently, actually uh, on Christmas day. This is a tough one for uh, the James Robinson owner who traded uh, uh, Davis Mills, a first, a third, and two fourths for James Robinson. And we know James Robinson's done now for for maybe uh, maybe another season. That too. was a bad trade uh, before the injury. It, <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. Uh, Tim Patrick and a fifth for Mills two weeks ago. I mean, I, that feels like okay for me to get a, a quarterback that could potentially be starting next season. So you know, maybe go out and send some feelers out. I don't know if you can get them for a third round pick anymore, but I bet you can get them for a second in, in many places. And if you're a you're in the, the championship this weekend, you're you, I think you could do a lot worse with your two two eleven two twelve uh, than to to take a shot on a guy like Davis Mills. So I guess my question for you guys would be, you know, are you buying or selling for, for that uh, that price tag? it's tough. I do think he's, I think he's got a chance to be the starter, a really good chance. So, I mean, if you're talking about Tim Patrick and a throwaway pick, yeah, I'll, I'll pay that for Davis Mills. Uh, a, a second is I'm, I'm now nah, you're, you're looking to get him added to another, to a, to a different deal. right? Yeah. I'm, I'm probably not ready to give a, even a second rounder straight up, but I mean, my, my overall takeaway from this game is you look at three, uh, three rookies that were mostly under the radar, third, fourth round picks, maybe undrafted. And I think all three are going to be uh, players that gain value throughout the offseason. Mills being one of them, uh, Brevin Jordan and uh, Josh Palmer being the other two. For the Chargers, Josh Palmer, five catches, 43 yards and a touchdown. Ryan, also Justin Jackson was a highlight, 11 for 64 and two scores on the ground, caught eight passes for 98 yards. What are your thoughts on these two guys? Well, Jackson's uh, going into free agency, so this was great timing for him. Um, Always just kind of been that depth guy. I I certainly don't think he's going to get a starter job anywhere. Uh, Probably his his best shot is, is trying to stay with that team. Uh, because that's one of those offenses we like to chase as well. But um, Eckler has already been, Austin Eckler has already been uh, activated from COVID. So he'll be back next week and uh, just, just a, you know, a good standout game from Jackson, but probably not much more in the long term. Despite Matthew Stafford throwing three interceptions, the Rams beat the Vikings 30 to 23. Sony Michelle, 27 carries, 131. And a touchdown. Cooper Cup caught 10 for 109 on 13 targets, and Odell Beckham got into the end zone. Cam Akers was a bullet point in the news. I know the the recent headline has been that Akers was activated, so he'd get he'd get the year credited towards his pension. Classy move by the Rams. Still, Ryan, it ex- we expect to see Akers at some point in the playoffs, at least it's leaning towards that way. Now Daryl Henderson got nicked up. Sony Michelle looks great, but the Rams prefer to have a second guy in that backfield as well. What do you expect out of this Rams backfield moving forward? Sean McVay says there is a chance that we see Cam Akers in week 17, which would be, I mean, almost miraculous, honestly. Uh, and unfortunately for Daryl Henderson, worse than than nicked up. He's on the injured reserve list, so he is uh, at least done for the rest of the the fantasy season. I, I, I think he'll be eligible to come back for the for the playoffs, but uh, I'm I'm not sure they need him. Even these past 
past couple games, Sony Michelle has been the clear lead back. You know, maybe Henderson's not fully healthy. Certainly, uh, certainly isn't now, but uh, come even coming into this game, maybe not fully healthy. Michelle's been, uh, been a great find and was even on the waiver wire, uh, you know, as recently as a month ago in some leagues. For the Vikings, Alexander Madison was fine, 13 for 41 and a score, 3 for 29 through the air, but Cook will be back next week. Uh, Adam Thielen got banged up once again. We can't depend on him for the rest of this season, 3 for 40, and was very upset on the sideline multiple times, and Justin Jefferson is a man, 8 for 116 on 12 targets. He needs he needs more targets. Get him the ball more. Jeez Louise. Buffalo beat the Patriots 33-21. to Josh Allen went for over 303, 64 rushing yards. Isaiah McKenzie, career game, 11 catches, 125 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. He was awesome. Stephon Diggs caught 7 for 85 and a score on 13. Uh, Devin Singletary appeared to be the guy once again, and Dawson Knox got into the end zone. Quick question for you guys. Damian Harris, 18 carries, 103 yards, three touchdowns. You probably made your championship game if you had him. He's an RB1 on the week. Do you want him on your team in week one next season, or are you going to sell this offseason, Ryan? I would sell if if he really was bringing any, any kind of return. I don't think he would be. I don't think you can get a first-rounder for him. Uh, so if I have him... No, he's a two-seconds guy. Yeah. You're hoping to get two seconds. If I've got him, I'll probably just hang on to him. Matt? Yeah, if I can get a late first, sure. But otherwise, I mean, every we we've seen more and more, and hopefully this changes in twenty twenty two with with COVID situation. But we've seen that you know you need five six running backs that you can play uh, just to just to keep up with 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 our new IR rules and our new COVID rules, right? So uh, you're probably hanging on to them unless you can get that first rounder. The Jets beat the Jaguars in the battle of the top two picks from the NFL draft, 26-21. to 21. Michael Carter returned to full strength, 16 carries, 118 yards, and two catches in the game. Zach Wilson looked like a running back on a couple plays, four carries for 91 yards and a rushing touchdown, threw a touchdown as well. But the big news out of this one, guys, James Robinson just – gut-wrenching really comes out of nowhere last year as the big year then then written off again coming into this season and now now the injury uh it's it's very serious of course he's gonna be he's done for the year probably out for most of next year and the question now ryan is is and i guess maybe it's not even a question is going into next year there's an obvious opportunity for a guy that didn't get on the field this year because of injury yeah, we're we're basically right back <clears throat> right back to where we were a year ago with, with so many questions with this Jaguars team. They they invest in Trevor Lawrence, they add multiple first rounders, uh and and now just so many questions still. I mean, uh ETN is is questions about his health moving forward. Uh that's a pretty significant injury he suffered and now a new coaching staff. So I don't know. This is remains a team to avoid. I don't. I don't mind going and getting ETN at this point. I I feel like there's still a negative connotation with his name because of the injury and everything going on in Jacksonville. Uh, if you can get him for like a late first, which you probably still can oh, yeah. do, um, I don't mind doing something like that. Dario Gumbawale filled in 17 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. He he might get picked up on waiver wires in dynasty leagues this week. Mm. The Eagles beat the Giants thirty four to ten. Jalen Hurts one hundred ninety nine yards and two scores, just seven rushing yards. Devonta Smith, the top target for the Eagles, five catches, eighty yards, and a touchdown. You know the the injury for Miles Sanders is is tough for Philadelphia. Gives opportunity to Boston Scott and Jordan Howard in championship week. Um, on the other side of things, Kadarius Tony nine targets, Ryan, in this game, just four catches for 28 yards. Yeah, glad to finally see Tony back on the field. Had missed uh, multiple games with, with injuries and with COVID. Uh, so gets, gets right back into that wide receiver one spot, uh, leading the team with targets and yards, although just 28 yards, unfortunately. I, I just wonder how he's going to be valued because we've, We've seen big ups and big downs with him uh, when he has been healthy and able to last uh, entire games, uh, which is 
been pretty rare this season. He's he's been really impressive, uh, but at the same time, the injuries. It feels like he's had ten different injuries this year. Uh, not to mention all the questions that we've talked about with this team. Uh, sounds like Daniel Jones will be back uh, along with Joe Judge in 2022. So that that's not great news, I don't think, for Kadarius Tony. I, I I wonder what his value will be like this offseason. Yeah, it's a big question that that we're going to have a hard time answering, really, especially with that news that Judge, uh, particularly Judge, um, is going to be back. There's why I I don't get it. it doesn't seem like he has a good handle on that team. Guys, we're sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. Instead of spending your time building elaborate salary cap rosters or competing against professional players, you can explore unique, fun, easy-to-play games like more or less Knockout Kings, Goal Rush, or Touchdown Dance. Play any of the major sports... And not you won't have to compete against all those sharks. Right now, you open a new Monkey Knife Fight account, make an initial deposit, and get a full year of DLF Premium for free. On top of that, if you use the code DLF, Monkey Knife Fights is going to match your deposit 100%, doubling your initial funds. Simply log on to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click the image for Monkey Knife Fight on the homepage, and follow the instructions to get started today. The Bears scored a two-point conversion to get a win. Save save Nagy's job for another year, most likely, with the way they do things in Chicago. Or uh, another Bears week. Bears win 25 to 24. <laughs> David Montgomery, 21 carries for just 45 yards, but scored a touchdown, caught seven for 61. He was great, um, at least for fantasy. Khalil Herbert was pretty impressive. He only got a couple opportunities with the ball, but he showed his explosiveness once again. He's going to have to kind of weasel his way into more playing time in year two. It feels like that to me. Two carries, 21 yards, and a long touchdown. Caught one for seven. Um, The story here probably, Ryan, is Rashad Penny. He's going to win people dynasty championships, I think, and that is crazy. Nobody would have guessed that. We were picking him up in dynasty leagues a few weeks ago because so many have given up on him over the years. 17 carries, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Not a pass-catching option, but certainly looks impressive as a runner. It's taken, what, I guess three or four years for him to <laughs> finally pay off on that, that first round. Uh, All of the fourth year. Yes, yep. That first All round draft status, but the past, a uh, little bit of a down game last week, I guess, but two weeks ago and then uh, and then this game against the Bears, really impressive uh, stat lines. And, you know, the, the Seattle's in just touch, such a tough spot. Wonder what they're going to do because now Penny, the, the one player really who is uh, – has really stepped up over the past couple weeks uh, is about to enter free agency. Uh, Chris Carson, the guy who uh, is banged up and uh, over the hill, they've got him locked up for two more years. So uh, this, this is a team that, uh, that, that really just needs to be torn down. That, that might happen with a Russell Wilson trade and, uh, and other moves. Uh, I, I can't, I certainly don't expect Penny to stay in Seattle. Uh, He'll, he'll get a job somewhere else, but, yeah, I I expect him to to land somewhere that there might be an opportunity, and sure. that makes it you can't cut him anymore this no. off season during during rookie drafts. You're you're not going to be able to make a roster spot to by by dropping Rashad Penny. DK Metcalf finally caught a touchdown, made the one big play. Gerald Everett also got into the end zone four for sixty eight. The Chiefs didn't need Tyreek Hill because they had Byron Pringle <laughs> six for seventy five and two touchdowns, and Miko Hardman three for thirty one. And a score, uh, Patrick Mahomes was great. Clyde was good until he got hurt. Um, that injury, it doesn't seem that serious, Ryan, but it certainly makes you question um, what to do in that backfield next week. Well, we, we had the conversation last week about the upside of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and there's yeah. not a ton. Uh, so uh, unless, you know, unless you only had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire counting on him, I'm not sure this really matters. Daryl Williams is going to step right in. If you had him on your roster uh, as that backup, you're fine starting him. It sounds like Clyde will miss at least one game uh, being next week against the Bengals. I, I will say on that touchdown run by Clyde, he bounced off yeah. that, that, yeah, that was and looked tough. Like 
where where has that been? Like, has he been able to do that the entire time? I know week one of his rookie season, he had like six attempts or something and couldn't get in. But uh, if he can do that, I feel like they should be giving it to him more in that range. Yeah, he hasn't gotten a lot of those um, since then, basically. Since then. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I want to know, Najee Harris, 19 carries, 93 yards, five catches, 17 yards. He's been good. But are you happy with Najee Harris at this no. point in his rookie season or disappointed? I've heard people I, – I I mean, I don't know. There was there, there was that game where he caught like – had 19 targets or something. I mean, he's been a PPR option, but he's been so up and down. Uh, and we know the offensive line is bad. We know they don't have a quarterback. I've seen, seen some people having up in the – I think even your co-host on your other pod, uh, Locked On, Ryan, has him up at the run, running back 2-3 range, and I just don't really see that uh, at all unless we're going to base that on youth. And you know, I know, we know he has the talent, but I just think the team around him is not going to really support a lot of fantasy success for him. So I'd have him more in like the mid running back one range, you know, maybe towards the end, to be honest, if we want to include uh, any of the veterans. I mean, you mentioned youth. He he is 20. He was a 23 year old rookie, not one of those 21 or 22 year old sure. guys. So uh, a little bit older and as a rookie anyway, and be 24 uh, here in March. So that that's something to consider, considering their offensive line issues, the quarterback, the really the coaching staff as well. I noticed on Monday that they lost their offensive line coach already. Uh, he's going to go go to the college ranks. So there's a lot to do there. Outside of the receivers, I mean, it seems like they have a lot. Outside of the receivers and like TJ Watt, it feels like they have a lot of holes to to, to fill there. Yeah. yeah, Harris is uh, the is the RB two in our dynasty latest dynasty yeah, ADP no as well. Pass. So, um, yeah, Will, Williamson's not alone at least uh, for better or worse. I want some of them other young running backs, the the DeAndre Swifts of the world, and, and those type of guys over Najee Harris at this point. Uh, the Raiders beat the Broncos seventeen to thirteen. Josh Jacobs got the workload that we've been waiting for for years. Twenty seven carries. 129 yards, didn't find the end zone because touchdown vulture Peyton Barber got that carry. What the (laughs) heck happened there? And now all of a sudden Jacobs doesn't get any targets. One catch for just 100, for negative five yards on three targets. Uh, Foster Moreau was fine. Zay Jones had a nice game. I'm still holding out hope for my guy Zay. Uh, (laughs) Holding out hope on waiver wires in my leagues. Uh, Hunter Renfro luckily caught a touchdown Guys, Javante Williams, seven carries for 12 yards, luckily found the end zone. But that was nothing compared to what Melvin Gordon did. Negative yards. Probably, most likely, scored negative points in your fantasy league. That is not good. I told someone to start him this week, and I feel Ooh. terrible about it. Ugh, feel bad? Just, like, that, that's maybe the worst call in history. I would have never guessed in a million years that he would have had zero yards. Negative four yards on seven carries for Melvin Gordon and caught one pass for four yards. So I guess if he's in a PPR, he got a point. That's the the Drew Locke effect. (laughs) Point (laughs) six. That's the Drew Locke effect. Well done because the the rest of it wasn't good. Uh, I heard somebody say today that Cortland Sutton had his best game since week eight. Four catches for 33 yards. And Jerry Judy, his best as well. Three catches for 60 in quite a while. Mm. Man, it's just a mess there in Denver. I... My gut says they clean house this offseason. I don't, I don't know. If they don't need to clean house. They just need a quarterback. They just need a quarterback. That's it. A quarterback I mean, and, and a new head coach. I mean, that's an, it. An offensive-minded They're just two coach. pieces away. Quarterback, head coach. Fangio would be great as the defensive coordinator. I always say yeah. you can't have the old, old defensive coordinator as the head coach. you got to have the young, hip offensive coordinator as the head coach because you can get Fangio to be your defensive coordinator. Uh, the Cowboys in the last game we're going to talk about. We finally get to talk about a Sunday night football game because we're recording on Monday. Not much of a game. The Cowboys blast the football team 56 to 14. I don't know why Washington showed up. In fact, they might not have. Uh, Dak Prescott, 330 and 4, and he did most of it. He did that in two and a half quarters, really. Zeke found Pater twice. Amari Cooper, it was his turn on the wheel of catching footballs. Seven catches for 85 and a score. And Dalton Schultz was great. Eight for 82 and a score. I don't know if there, you know, this was a, a, a upper echelon game. The best the Cowboys can play. They were up huge at halftime. They, they couldn't be stopped. Uh, proved themselves as a contender in the NFC, at least from, from my perspective. For Washington, though, I was surprised that this coaching staff that preaches, you know, defense and hard-nosed football, and and they always seem prepared. They were not prepared for Dallas here. 
Um, they're speaking of a team that needs a quarterback. Washington needs one, Ryan, and and it's Terry McLaurin that needs him the most. Yeah, this this has been rough. I mean, this is a player that uh, many were valuing as a dynasty wide receiver. One, the past five games, wide receiver 43, 57, 153, and 62. Uh, value is, is plummeting really. And I mean, there's an argument. He's not a top 20 dynasty wide receiver in my opinion. Yeah. Just 12 catches over those five games. Uh, hasn't had more than 51 yards and, and can't find the end zone. He's, they showed a stat during the game that he has the most contested catches in the NFL. It was 24 going into this week. And, and that points to, you know, poor game planning and poor, not using your best player correctly. And, and also quarterback problems, you know, Heineke is a nice story and all he is not a starting NFL quarterback. It would have been, in my it would have been, it would have been really nice to see him play a full season with Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick, but yep. he's not, uh, he has had been done no favors this, this season. Yeah. And at this point they, they can't give Fitzpatrick another chance. They gotta, they gotta tear that position down and, and start yep. again. Uh, an aging Fitzpatrick is not what McLaurin needs next season. It's what he needed this past season. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. We appreciate all of you listening. We'll be back again for championship week next week. Good luck in all your week 17 endeavors. We hope you bring home that title. We're going to try to do the same. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week.